Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. We are your book club for movies, and this week's theme. I keep saying week, but it's month. This month's theme is Brendan Fraser. We are talking about one of his biggest roles in The Mummy. That is Andrew's pick. It's a movie that one Letterboxd reviewer called the third best Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> we also talk about Ted Lasso and how it can be a great motivator before work. Plus, we give The Rock some unsolicited constructive career advice. So stay tuned for that. Yep. All this week on So Many Sequels. And don't forget to check us out online on all your favorite apps. Just search for So Many Sequels. And without further ado, enjoy the show. No, the lasso comes back in the spring. <laughs> oh, it's coming back in the spring. It comes back in the spring. They just they just posted that recently. Apple TV did that. It would. They didn't give a date. They just said season three. Big spring. Big spring. You know Sometime what? between April and and what July. They. I saw an Apple TV commercial with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Oh my! Talking goodness. about all yes. of the stuff and the people who are involved with Apple TV, and they might be teasing that uh, Timothy Chalamet going to get a little something something on Apple TV. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very funny commercial. It's very funny. Um, I haven't seen it yet. The premise is that Timothy Chalamet wants to work with Apple TV very badly. He sees all these amazing projects. He's like, oh, um, Selena Gomez, Mm -hmm. uh, whoever else. Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa. I want to work on Apple TV. It's funny. I think Chalamet is funnier than he gets credit for. He doesn't do a lot of comedy. I know. He was funny and don't look up um, as that kind of slacker dude. Yeah, Andrew, that was your favorite movie. <laughs> he was funny on SNL too. Of that one, he year. was. He was funny on SNL. Twenty twenty one. Floored by that stuff. The uh, the SNL skit with uh, oh, what's Pete it? Davidson. Pete Davidson. Skeet. Yeah. That's Skeet, my favorite. You're, one. You're, <laughs> you never love me, me, mom. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, but oh yeah, but Ted Lasso is coming back. I love Ted Lasso. I was a late adopter. The whole like first two seasons were done when I started, mm. so I was able to just watch at my leisure. And uh, you know, the hard part about going back—I don't know if you guys have ever done this—the hard part about going back and rewatching Ted Lasso is, you know, you, the, the characters win you over over the course of those two seasons. When you go back, you're like, oh yeah, they were all a holes. <laughs> And we're like a lot Rebecca, of them start off very, yeah. very. So brash. you're like, yeah, you got to you got to go back to when Rebecca's kind of a jerk and Roy's kind of a jerk and Jamie Tot is kind of a jerk. Look, Jamie Tot, that fucking Muppet, is. I'm still like mad at myself that I like him now. I know because I disliked him so strongly at the start. Yeah, mm. but they really they really managed to weave in. They pull those heartstrings, you know. They do. Oh, Jelling at its why would I want to be anything else? Ted Lasso is the only thing that can make people kind of be kinder. Sometimes. Maybe. Maybe. If they watch it and they're dicks, then they kind of go, hey, maybe I'll not be a dick for a day. <laughs> That's about yeah. the best that we can ask for anymore. Everybody should Thank watch you. one episode of Ted Lasso a day. Thank you. I, yes. I, re- I recommend it. I, I haven't rewatched the series, 
But I did uh, over Christmas uh, on Christmas night. I rewatched the Christmas episode uh, where um, Hannah Waddingham's character takes Ted caroling. Uh, very good episode. Uh, made makes me misty eyed on Christmas because it's a very nice Christmas episode. It's a good Christmas episode. Then all the, all the players showing up at Higgins' place. It's great. You know, I know it's it's February, yeah. but maybe we should we, maybe we need to think about a Christmas TV bonus episode. Mm. Just our favorite TV episodes of Christmas. That could be, that could be fun. Anyway. I used to watch that show like right before I went to work. Ted Lasso? Yeah. To get the motivation going. Yeah. Get inspired. I like Billy. that. You'll feel something. You know, Ted can Lasso. It can make you cry. It can make you happy. It can, can I tell you? Heart all, in can, one, all in one second. It's true. Josh? Yeah, I, I can see say, something's on the tip of your tongue there. Yeah, I was going to say Ted Lasso is uh, in a lot of ways, I think... Uh, similar to uh, the man of the month <laughs> that we are talking oh. about here on this show. Oh, I think yes, Ted yes. Lasso shares some characteristics with one Mr. Brendan Fraser. Uh, both very uh, wholesome people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're just motivating uh, by kindness for the most part. Yes. Leading yes. by kindness. Seems like just, great guys. Just these sweet dudes, right? Who, uh, who sometimes they get uh, dealt a really bad hand, but they yeah, just they keep have. going, man. They just keep going. Darkness inside yeah. them. They believe no. and believe. That's the thing. Um, I believe yes. in belief. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I'm, sorry. Is uh, our our man of the month? Um, we are one week away from finishing Fraserary. Um, next week we're going to talk about the fan pick, so get ready for that. But this week we're going to talk about Andrew's pick. Andrew's here on the show, back with us this week. Um, Andrew, you decided Andrew. to choose The Mummy, which yes. is a big, big, big movie, I think. Uh, one of the first movies probably anyone thinks of when they even hear Brendan's name. So uh, let us know, I guess besides the, those reasons, why did you pick it? What, do you, what kind of connection do you have to The Mummy? I saw this movie on May 8th, 1999. Great Scott. Which was he the had a ticket stub framed on the wall. <laughs> I, I actually still have the ticket stub somewhere. And that's not a joke. Because I, I, like, I, I went on a Saturday afternoon. I saw this with my best friend. And I was just like, where I originally heard about this, and this is not a joke, there was a Fox special. Um, that was aired back in March called um, Opening the Lost Tombs Live from Egypt. Oh, yeah. King Tut? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So like, you and me, we wa- I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And like, we, like, I remember watching that and I was like, wow, this is all really cool. And, and they had an advertisement for the mummy. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a tie in. And so, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and we went and watched the movie afterward, like after it came out, like the day after it came out and it was, there were, I had, there were some legit times when I was like, this is probably the most entertaining movie I have ever seen. Whoa. And because there was, it was a nonstop ride. It was a great time at the movies. I constantly brought it back up and rewatched it several times whenever I bought it on videotape because I bought it. I got it from my. 
enough of it. And my parents didn't want to watch it until I showed it to my dad. And then I showed it to my mom. And they were like, this is great. So I love this movie so very much. And the truth about it is, is that it, it has aged incredibly well. It, it has, I mean, it's over 20 years old. It's probably about, what is it? At least 25 years old now. And God. yes, and, 24, and, I think. Uh, but like the thing is, is that it has, it's, I put this up there right next to Back to the Future and Raiders of the Lost Ark in being perfect movies. That's high praise. Very, very high praise. Okay. And you put Brandon <laughs> Fraser in it. So is it in your top four on Letterboxd? Actually, it might be. You know, I'm not done in my top 10 on Letterboxd and I need to do that. I think you should. It's very difficult. That's why mine changes. I, I've allowed it to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the mummy be a worthwhile one to put in there, I think. I think yeah. the mummy's a good one. I mean, I put I put Blast from the Past in mine. It's still sitting there currently. Um, it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, uh, Garrett, let's hear from you about the mummy. Yeah, I'm the counterbalance of Andrew. I saw this movie first, uh, uh, I don't know, like last month. I didn't really see it as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I somehow just didn't. I don't know. Mm. I don't have answers for you. I'm sure there are many of questions, but it was one that I just never saw. And then, you know, some movies from that time frame, they don't hold up well. Graphically, storytelling wise, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And so this was one that people have hyped up so much Mm -hmm. that I didn't necessarily want to go through and be that person who doesn't like it. Hmm. And I am proud to say that I am not that person. I very much enjoyed it because I actually <laughs> sat down and I watched it just recently, honestly, because I think the first time I turned it on, it was just in the back. It was a background movie because everybody oh, pretty much had seen it. And so it was something that we could just turn on and have a conversation with. And I had never seen it. So I was like, well, I'll just do it right now. But uh, the, when I sat down and I really watched it, what I like about this is it feels like what we can look back on as like the early Paramount monster movies and i liked that vibe they way the way they set that tone it felt very like you look at that original mummy movie and and kind of what it set forth with horror and and mm-hmm. storytelling and kind of that genre in general and this one does a really good job of kind of giving you that feel and giving you like graphics this is like the first kind of monster-esque movie that feels like a, that kind of thing where it's right. like, you know, the graphics are, they still hold up well. They're not great, but they're of the time, but they do a good job of feeling like this is really good for the time frame, and it sets the tone for a lot. Um, and then you have the action and the adventure of the Indiana Jones, and you can see, you know, uh, for, for me seeing it in reverse order, you can see the Jungle Cruise and those types of action adventures take a lot from The Mummy and Brendan mm. Fraser's performance and then carry it over into that. You know, when he comes out of the prison, he's out there looking like George of the Jungle for a hot second just to be like, here's what you think. But then they clean him up and they finally give you something different than what we've talked about in all those other ones. It's not necessarily the same Brendan Fraser fish out of water that we have seen in all of the other movies that we've talked about, with the exception of uh, Bedazzled for the most part. <clears throat> and so it was really a nice way to see what he can do. And it's a shame that we didn't really get more of that. And they leaned more into the slapsticky kind of comedy aspect of what he can do overall. So yeah. 
I, I'm very intrigued to keep going. I know that the movies that I, I keep hearing that they don't hold up and I, I, I know they don't, but I'm definitely interested to keep going and see why people were excited for the second one. Mm-hmm. David, your thoughts? Um, yeah, similarly, my first time watching this was uh, Friday of this week. Um, I just never saw it as a kid. And I actually do know the reason um, because I remember... I'm pretty sure it was the Super Bowl commercial. And I thought this was a horror movie as a nine-year-old. And I was terrified. Um, that big wall of sand with a face in it. I was like, yeah. capital nope from me. <laughs> that is, that's not a, that's not a little David movie. I see you have George of the jungle, but that's not going to convince me to come watch this horror, this scare fest. <laughs> um, nothing surprised me more to actually watch it and to discover that it's like the goofiest movie I have seen in some time. It's just, so cheesy so goofy that title card for the mummy was like i was like oh oh but that's not to say that like i don't like it or it's not like it it's it's very charming the characters all work um it just had me uh, you know my wife goes i mean it's kind of a horror movie and i was like no no it's a adventure comedy with a scary creature like it's it has more in common with pirates of the caribbean than it does like, you know, uh, I could, you know, it, you know, I was trying to give out another horror movie. Like it's not, the mummy is not the most terrifying person I've ever seen, but he is creepy and it is, there's a lot of scary imagery. Um, most of the people die off screen. You know, the funny thing I was watching it and I was like, if this movie exactly as it is came out today, there'd be a lot of fanboys uh, decrying its use of Marvel cringe humor, quote unquote. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it's like a lot of like guys falling down and going, here we go again. And then it's like a lot of things like we're in trouble. You know what I mean? Like it's very, (laughs) it's very goofy. Uh, That said, I love Benny. Uh, I know he's a bad guy, but Benny had me cracking up a lot. Um, The scene where he keeps pulling out different medallions of different faiths and hope that one of them is going to save him from this moment. Hilarious. Hey, the man knows how to survive. There was another funny moment. I can't remember what it was. Um, shoot. But when he, he like just, uh, I think he just straight up jumped out a window. But him constantly uh, surviving until he can't any longer uh, was was perfect. Um, and I, I thought John Hanna was pretty funny, even though like my perception was always like he was this hilarious character. Like that was how when I would see, I would see like clips or TikToks or videos and it was like, John Hanna's hilarious in these movies. And I was like, okay. And I was like, eh, he's fine. He, he's, Brendan Fraser's great though. He's in it. He, this is the kind of role he should have been doing was like, you know, action adventure type roles. So that's my thoughts. Uh, it was goofy, but I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I think these are good reactions. Um, we've got a good array here. I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback that half the room has not, had not seen, the mummy until this year. I'm a little surprised by David. Um, I feel like this is a movie that you would have seen as a kid. So I'm very surprised. I, I have seen the Scorpion King, if that helps. Uh, it does, it does, it does not. not. It does not. <laughs> love it. Love the Scorpion King. I, what, yeah. a, what a tour de force the Scorpion think, King is. I think our listeners will be taken aback by this. Yeah. <laughs> by, by these I mean, revelations yeah, it, this episode. It is one of those things of like, you know, some movies hit you and some movies don't, you know, and uh, almost everything from the early 2000s hit me. But the mummy, I was like determined that it was a scary movie. You know, I got a. I'm definitely. I definitely land closer to to Andrew um, when it comes to my history with the movie. I like a lot of young boys. For some reason, went through an Egypt phase 
um, where you just really like um, pharaohs and mm. the pyramids and stuff, pyramids. you know? Yeah. So I, I remember reading about King Tut's tomb and watching that Egypt special and fi- trying to learn about how did the pyramids, you know, I, I remember and, doing all that. Contextually, it was very big in the 90s. It was. Egypt stuff. Yeah. So that kind of thing also came into play with, with my interest in the movie. Um, and I, I do really like it. I, I like a good action adventure film, you know, one of my all time favorite franchises is Indiana Jones. And this is reminiscent of, of that. It's definitely the same style. Um, and Rick O'Connell, is it O'Connell? Yeah. yeah O'Connell. Yeah. Rick O'Connell is a really good action adventure hero type. Um, the kind of, uh, I don't know what the phrase is for it, but it's like a hero who don't want to be one. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't even really want to be there. A reluctant uh, hero. I'm not reluctant hero. To be here today. Yeah. yeah. He's very much a reluctant hero. And in, uh, Indiana Jones is the same way. Um, you know, these guys are like doing the right thing because they have to, not because they want to. Um, he just so ends I, up in, you just end up, end up in it sometimes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I really like all those aspects. Um, that said, after watching so many Brendan comedies, I kind of prefer him doing comedy. I think. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. I'm not saying that means that this was like bad or anything. I just like him more when mm. he's being funny than when he's being an action hero. He's perfectly capable at it. I, uh, this is this should not be taken as a slight at all. Mm-hmm. Just uh, my personal preference is I think I like to laugh with him more than I like to um, chase sand monsters. Mm. But I like the I think that's fair. You know, it is it is honestly one of the more different <laughs> roles from him, because if you look at his early career, it was comedy, 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 comedy. It is. This is one that stands out. And, you know, with how much it blew him up into the stratosphere, you can mm-hmm. see why he he kept with that. He did sequels. He did other Similar movies like Journey to the Center of the Earth uh, that kind of kept him in. I feel like that movie was like trying to be the best of both worlds and make him do a goofy kids movie and be (laughs) the mummy. Um, So you can tell that he definitely shifted career gears after this. It was a a, a pivotal moment in his career. Um, I don't necessarily think he or go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. Oh, I was, I was just kind of going to wrap up uh, my part where, you know, I, I think it holds up over time when it comes to how the movie is made and how it looks. I think it, something about it looks like a classic Hollywood movie, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know if it's the film, if it's the cinematography in particular, but it looks like 1920s, uh, it doesn't look like this movie was made in the late nineties. And right. I like that aspect. It still has that classic feel. Another place, another time. Yeah. And of another place, another time. Um, yeah. So well done to uh, the behind the scenes crews. <laughs> yeah. Steven Somers. Steven Somers, the director. Yeah. Um, can I do a little rundown on the production of the movie? Sure. Yeah. Or do we have more Do we have more story stuff to say? No. I don't right now. No, let's let's okay. talk about it. Um, so development on this movie began, believe it or not, in the 1980s. Um, it took a long time to get it sorted out. Um, a, two guys named James Jacks and Sean Daniels, um, they went to Universal and they said, we'd really love to update the 1932 Mummy, right? 
And they had got George in 1987. They got George A. Romero attached to the film to wow. direct. Um, wow. Romero uh, had creative difficulties. Universal Studios really, really, really wanted it to be the mummy to be like the Terminator. And oh. Romero felt like there was no. He said in a quote, the mummy had no social interaction, had no more social interaction than the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Um, and he eventually drifted away from the project. Mm. Next, what a follow up. Those two guys, they're still trying to get this movie made. They signed Clive Barker to make the film. Clive Barker, also wow. well known for uh, for the horror genre, for novels, plays, screenplays, all that stuff. Um, he's on it for a little while. Uh, it doesn't work out. Alan Ornsby comes on. Uh, he wanted to present the the, the mummy, and uh, this is a I don't I had to source this quote, but he said, um, "Oh, Joe, no, excuse me, Joe Dante came on." And was in, wanted to increase the budget for his idea of a Daniel Day-Lewis mummy, um, which I don't even know what that means. George Romero is attached again in 1994. It doesn't work out. Eventually, Stephen Somers comes in and uh, basically was able to capitalize on a lot of universal box office failures in the 90s. He said, instead of a horror movie, instead of all that, what if we... Look at like Indiana Jones or Jason and the Argonauts, which you can see a lot of that, the old Jason and the Argonauts movie in this. Make this an adventure movie. And the Universal said they they went, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Because like a horror movie with like a $10 million budget, that ain't really going to help us that much. Let's go big. So um, that worked out. I think that's the right way to do it, honestly. Um, I would agree. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to say never say never, but uh, mummies aren't scary. <laughs> no, and, and the no, thing about the mummy, this mummy is the scariest. It is this mum. This mummy is scarier. Um, yeah. Although I don't know. I mean, it, it turns it, it turns into something not reminiscent of what you think of as a mummy. <laughs> it is. There were some times. I, I mean, whenever I first saw this, there were some times when I like put my hands over my eyes because, like, especially whenever the mummy comes to life. And the mummy takes the dude's eyes. Mm-hmm. That was freaky to me. As a I mean, as a nearsighted individual, it was quite terrifying. I could put myself right in that scenario of not being able to see because my glasses <laughs> were off. Yeah, I mean, well, I think yeah, I think you have to look at the monster that you're dealing with, right? I mean, like there are elements of these Paramount monsters that are horror. There are more that are action adventure. I mean, the part of the mummy that's scary is the curse, right? Mm-hmm. If, if a mummy's up walking around doing his little zombie thing. It's not scary. It's just kind of silly because it's just the mummy. But right. the, the the ability to find it, and then the curse unleashed, and then all of that. But the buildup is there, and then the scares come. They kind of you know they do a little jump scare. But I think they handled this one well. Whereas like you know the early one that you can easily just scare people because it's the first time they've seen things like that, so it's easy to become different. A, yeah, it's easy. Well, it's easy to be classified as a horror movie mm-hmm. because. And then, you know, if you want to remake it, you have to try to live up to that. But it did it in a different way. And I think it's good because you look at the Tom uh, Cruise one and it's shit. It does. And so I've never seen it. Never seen it's the Tom bad. Cruise one. Don't waste seen. your time on it. It's awful. But this one handles it well. And you know, right. you, so I think that this is the right way to do that. I think other monsters have different ways to handle it. But kudos on them. Yeah, I think it was the right way to go as well. I, I think that it allows, I think for, uh, it allows you to just do more because um, there's adventure in this. There's romance. There's scary imagery. I wouldn't go as far to say it's a full on horror. There's scary imagery, but it has that swashbuckling old time Hollywood adventure feel to it. Like Josh said, 
Yeah, and I think part of that is throwing back to that time period um, when there were a lot of explorers, um, kind of, or archaeologists digging through Egypt and also, you know, kind of as a nod to the time period of when uh, the original Universal Mummy would have come out. Um, So a lot of stuff going in its favor to stick with that action adventure route. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I could see it being scary, especially not with Brendan. I don't see Brendan in a horror movie. You know, I think someone mm. said there was a, an interview with him about, I don't remember where I saw this, but I think it may have been in our Discord. If it wasn't, then I'll just plug our Discord, uh, where we post news and articles and things like this all the time. But they asked Brendan about uh, why he didn't think people liked the Tom Cruise one. And he said, because he didn't have any fun. And I agree with that. If you, you know, the mummy in itself, again, not scary. And the whole idea of it is just kind of, you know, it doesn't really connect as a horror. So if you do the action adventure and you have the Egypt feel and you set that right environment like they did, it really sucks people in. And I think that's the key. Yeah. I'll have to drop this in our Discord that you plugged a second ago. But did you guys see uh, the photo going around of Brendan recently surprising an audience at a special screening of the mummy? Oh, that's no. fun. Yes. Brendan walking out on stage in full Rick O'Connell gear. Andrew's like, like why wasn't it me? He's got the khakis. He's <laughs> got the, the leather jacket. He's Brendan Fraser. It's it's a it's great. It's great. Here we go uh, again. I, I, he, he's really just it. having a victory lap right now, and I'm loving it. <laughs> so can I can I drop some casting about this movie? Some details about this? I would love to hear that. Interestingly, they offered the role originally to guess what? Tom Cruise. Who mm. did go on to do a mummy later? Fascinating. And they also um, approached Ben, uh, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck, and um, none of them were really interested. That interested, according to this article from uh, nineteen ninety nine, um, the producers saw the success of George of the Jungle, and they saw <laughs> that Brendan Fraser took George of the Jungle and made it a hundred million dollar movie, and they said. That's a guy who has star power, who's also really inexpensive because he is not going to, you are not going to pay Brendan Fraser at that time, 1999, as much as Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, um, or Matt Damon. So, um, so it was a big, it was a, it was, you know, thank goodness for everybody's favorite movie, George of the Jungle. Uh, It gave us the mummy. Well, I think that that once we talked about, you know, whether he should do action adventure, we talked about some of us like his comedy. I think this again shows the overall well-roundedness that Brendan Fraser can do because, you know, you get an action adventure, but he's also able to pepper in some comedy. He's also be able to give you that romantic charm. You look at blast from the past and he's got that wholesome innocenceness and uh, you know, can just, be very charming when need be. And then you look at George of the Jungle and he can be a beautiful idiot. So, I mean, he really can just span and he do, can it. do it all. Well, and it's, it's funny that, that he said, um, or that they, that they said basically that he was a bankable star and he was inexpensive because, you know, he's, he's been going around doing uh, press tours for the whale. And in another recent interview, somebody asked Brendan if he would be open to returning to the mummy in a mummy sequel. And he basically said uh, that, yeah, he would yeah. do it. And he said, quote, I don't think I've been this famous and unsalaried at the same time in my professional life, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. a great it, like, It'll it's like you're still 
a bankable star who everyone underappreciates. Right. Yeah. He's a, he's a very, you know, he, he's not gonna turn down the paycheck. No, exactly. Um, and I love that. I love how genuine that is. Cause like he could be like, no, I think I'm that time that is now. over and um, yeah. I don't want to ruin the original mummy, but he's like, hell no. Give me the money. <laughs> yeah. I want the money. <laughs> Show uh, me the money. He was, yeah, and, and, um, you know, so we, this is normally uh, a film that we might cover in a so many sequels format where we talk about each individual one. They made uh, Return of the Mummy. They made uh, a, a third one. Uh, what was it? The Emperor's, the Emperor's New Group. Something groove. like that. The Emperor's like, New Group yeah, with uh, Jet Li or Bruce Lee. Is it Jet Li? I think it's Jet Li. Yeah. I could be wrong. But, um, you know, maybe one day we'll circle around to those. I don't know. Yeah, but, can uh, we do a quick so many sequels review? Andrew, Josh, have you seen them? Have you, David? You love the Scorpion King. You said love the Scorpion King. What a what a what a, what a tour de force. Did I say that already? Anyway, yeah, you did. Unfortunately, uh, I only I have, have so many. I only have so many superlatives. I've seen some terrible graphics from it, but I've not seen the movie. I have seen the. I have never seen the third one because in like I, the Scorpion King to me was okay. I I, I thought it was fine, but. The Mummy Returns, it was really, I don't want to, it's not a letdown. It's a fun movie to watch. But the problem is, is that it, I mean, it's, it's, it's always that sequel. Oh, what do you call it? It's that sequel syndrome mm-hmm. where like, it's really trying its best sequel to be slump. just as good. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like, it was just like, bloop, bloop. You know, it just felt like more of the same. It didn't feel like more anything new. Is that the problem? Going to that trap in those early 2000 sequels. Yeah, and and the truth is, is that like, the truth is, is that there there are some cool aspects of it, but there really isn't like a whole, See. a whole a lot to it, and and some of the CGI in it. Um, there's a reason why this why the Mummy Returns is the Mummy Returns has like some of the worst CGI you'll ever see. Hmm. It is bad. It yeah. really is bad. There's the infamous scene with the Rock as the Scorpion yeah. King monster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Industrial Light and Magic worked on at least the first film. I don't know if they worked on the second one or not. So there is uh, some pretty high, this for the time, pretty high quality stuff in yeah. this first one. But uh, yeah, you know, I think that I, I feel like The Mummy Returns was the one that was always on TV when I was a kid. It was like Mummy Returns and Scorpion King. And I never saw the original Mummy ever on TV. But uh, so I've, I've seen clips of The Mummy Returns, but not enough that I could really comment on it. Yeah, I've seen them and have no interest in going forward. Did you see the the the, the emperor uh, the one with Jet Li the third one? I have not actually seen that one. No, oh, interesting. No, there no. we go. But I saw Scorpion King and I saw Return of the Mummy, and they were no goes for me. Um, although, did you all see that uh, after after the Critics Choice Awards, uh, The Rock was sure to post a photo of him and Brendan from the time and. Thanking him for welcoming his welcoming him into his franchise. That's true. Because Dwayne must always make everything about him. Have his moment. He's got. To be, he's got to have his moment. He's in full heel mode right now. <laughs> he, um, he's, got to, he's got to tone it down. He's got to turn the volume down to about five. I love him, but it's because he's a giant cartoon. <laughs> he is. And you know, it's true. I'm pretty sure this that what you know the Mummy Returns. I think is Dwayne's first appearance, like in a in a legit, in a blockbuster like a legitimate right? movie. Yeah, I think. So it it is kind of funny how it's significant. It's you know it and and say what you want about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but he's had a immensely long career in Hollywood. So uh, you know something's working. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the Mummy Returns, but something's working. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's huge, big now than he was then. Exactly. Exactly. They've, they've, I mean, they've swapped, if anything. <laughs> um, any other? You guys see the, you, you see the rock doing a movie and Brendan Fraser's face is stapled onto a monster. That would be, that'd be pretty funny. I would <laughs> Listen, like, I, would I feel like that. we're doing a little too much rock bashing and that can come back to haunt us. He's still a very oh. big man with a lot of money and a lot of pool. He's going to be president one day. He's going to, he's going to pull us off the Look, air. You know, Hey, here's the thing. I've watched him since he has been a jabroni beaten pie, eating eyebrow raisin son of a gun. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to bash Dwayne. I'm trying to keep him humble. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's fair. This yeah, is a respect is thing. A I think he would say the same. Like, Dwayne, you're being goofy, okay? You're not doing anything wrong yet. You're just being goofy. He doesn't, he's trying too much, trying too hard. He doesn't need to try less. You know, The Rock can do more, so much more with less. And I love him. But I do think, like, I don't know. There is part of me that wants to believe, like, he's uh, he's healing it up a little bit because of his eventual return to the place that started it all. And that way he can go back as Hollywood Rock and everybody boo him. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, is there anything? Is there anything else that we want to talk about with this movie? Oh, we didn't talk about Rachel Vice at all. You know that. Uh, you know, yes. Um, you know she's fantastic all the time. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. <laughs> what can be said about Rachel Vice? You know, if we had, if the we had, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, There's no good Rachel Vice month that I can think of. What, yeah. So, uh, so if I could, if I can say yeah, anything yeah. about Rachel Vice, is that like you could say anything. The the movie the movie pretty much is like the movie is is a pretty I would say pro feminist movie and it can be argued about that I mean there's there's actually mm-hmm. an article written about that mm-hmm. and the thing that we get the thing that we get about about Rachel Vice's character is that Rachel Vice is not she's not a damsel in distress she's no, not sir. a damsel in distress at any point in time she actually no, holds her own Although, very well. And they do literally call her a damsel in distress in the movie. So there's that. Well, but, like, but go but ahead. Like, I, I'm with you. Yeah. But like, the thing is, is that like, they don't it, like, they don't call any attention to that. She holds her own very well. Mm-hmm. She, um, like, uh, like Rick, it, like, she's not like being overpowered by anybody. And she's not, I mean, she's not being overpowered by the protagonist here. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Of. She's very in charge of her own, of herself. Yeah, right, right. and she doesn't like they Rick. they they have like a magical moment, which is great. <laughs> and so, Rachel Vice, Rachel Vice on her own is again terrific. I, I loved I loved Rachel Vice in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, I like, there's there's not a bad thing I can say about the mummy. To contrast that, it was the moment where Rachel Vice accidentally falls uh, perfectly balances in the middle on a ladder. And then tries to walk herself and ends up spilling books everywhere that I went, huh? I guess this movie's like doofusy. Like it's kind of <laughs> like like it was really like that whole moment. I was just like, I didn't realize there was going to be a little bit of like slapstick humor in here. Yeah, it's um, got that old slapstickiness, you know. And so like, and and you're not wrong, Garrett. The uh, now that I've seen it, the Jungle Cruise is very comparable to this. It, it definitely. Uh, reminded me a lot of that, even though that's a newer movie, obviously. It's just, it feels like it drew from this same inspiration, the same well. Um, I also do want to mention, uh, Gary, unless you have something else to add. Nope. Um, I do want to say uh, Arnold Vosloo as Imhotep, uh, he's pretty scary. He gets a little mustache really towards the end. But Imhotep. yeah. 
But he was great. Where's Arnold? Uh, where's Arnold Vosloo's uh, comeback? You know, this guy has a great look. He's very convincing in this. I don't know. What's he doing now? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Let's see um, here. Yeah, I don't know. A whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he ever, I think like animation returns after the mummy returns, he was just, he's just kind of there, you know, a lot of animated films I'm seeing on here too, which that's fine. That's cool. Okay. Well, let's talk about, um, the great financial success of this movie. Yeah, I won't, uh, I won't, huh? oh yeah, I won't uh, spend too much time on it because we did just talk about um, the year 1999 in Blast Ooh. from the Past. This was his Ooh. second, Brendan's second Two movie. big bangers from Brendan. Yeah. Big banger, Brendan, in 1999. Well, definitely he uh, he had, well, one was definitely a big banger. The other one was, oh, it did okay. It was uh, a banger in my heart. So according to, uh, according to that same article I was talking about a minute ago, they were really worried that the mummy was going to get hit hard by the Phantom Menace, that it wasn't, uh, the Phantom Menace was going to take all of the, all of the, the ticket sales. But, um, the mummy would open May 7th of 1999. Andrew, was that the date you said you were there? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, May 8th. Uh, May 8th. May 8th. There you go. So it brought in Saturday. one of, one of this, uh, this amount of money is Andrew Nichols's parents probably. Or him by himself. I don't know. Um, the Mummy <laughs> brought in $43.3 million, opened number one. And uh, just behind that, you had Entrapment in its second week. The Matrix was still plugging away in its sixth week at number three. Uh, Life, which I believe is the Eddie Murphy and yeah. uh, Martin Lawrence film. Just rewatched that the other week. Uh, still love it. Still hilarious. You can eat your cornbread. Um, and then at number five, a movie called Election, which I have no memory of at all yeah, you election, know that josh election is a great movie yeah matthew broderick reese witherspoon cameron diaz or something is that who good movie oh reese witherspoon okay yeah. it's, a, it's an uh, alexander payne movie yeah it's weird but it's good there you go so um the mummy would go on to make 155 million dollars in the united states 177 overseas or excuse me what does this say made a lot uh, of money yeah and then it made uh, only 177,000 overseas. Um, so they must not have given this like, a, a like much of an international release. Um, opportunity. Assess. And so I bet they didn't make that mistake with the follow-ups. Um, anyway, 155,000, sure. that's pretty darn good. It would go on to be the number eight movie of 1999. Phantom Menace was number one, bringing in 430 million uh, in the United States. Six cents at number two, Toy Story 2, Spy Who Shagged Me at number four, and The Matrix. Uh, we talked about those a little bit more when we did Flash from the past. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's your wrap up from 1999 and the movie The Mummy at the box office. Wow, wow, wow! Good, good, good. Um, yeah, we've every time we hit 1999, it's a it's a good episode at least. Banger after banger. David knows. I don't. But that's the girls okay. who know know. The girls who get it, get it, or whatever it is. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Okay, well, all right. it's now time to play the Letterbox game. Yeah. We've explained our new rules a couple times, but if you haven't heard or you forgot, the new rules are if you get it, if, if any of us get it exactly right, we get two points. Whoever gets it closest without getting it right will get one point. 
And we're going to see if this makes things any more interesting. Yep. Or if Andrew and David still kick our butts every single week. Currently, the score, currently the score is two to two to one. It's me and Andrew tied with two apiece and Josh at one. Garrett has yet to score. So while we mull over our guesses for what the Letterboxd community thinks of this movie, here are a few of the most popular reviews currently available to view. Um the most popular review, three stars. I like that the mummy's number one superpower is the ability to make his lower jaw like two feet long. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah four stars. Brendan Fraser is an all-time great movie yeller. Run! Yeah. The man can yell. Go, go, go! Yeah, can yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Um, three and a half stars. Brendan Fraser is born himbo. All he does in this is look hot, fight, and love and respect Rachel Vice. Oh, yes. Yeah, him and, and then, Dead Fur were whooping butt in this movie and looking great doing it. Finally, four stars, the third best Indiana Jones movie. Nay! Hey. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking, you just I was let thinking that this whole time. Biting. Biting. You know how is. sometimes people include Galaxy Quest in with the Star Trek movies? I was mm. feeling like this can be an honorary Indiana Jones movie. Mm. Mm. Indiana Jones 6. Rick O'Connell has to save Indiana Jones from the nursing home. They just meet, you know, uh, you know, so, so this is set in 1922. The first Indiana Jones movies are all set in the thirties or forties. I, I think, I think somewhere around the there is in the forties. So, you know, Rick O'Connell and, and Indiana Jones could have met. They definitely interacts with Indiana Jones. And then down the line, Rick O'Connell interacts with Tom Holland as Drake from <laughs> Uncharted, and we just connect all of these and make them one big giant. Yep. Laura Croft, get Laura universe. Croft in there, you know. Yeah. Yep. Throw in Shia LaBeouf just cause. Oh yeah, yeah. Bang. Yep. All, all over. Okay. Oh man. We've Can we throw so, in Matthew McConaughey. From sure. Sahara? Sure. From Sahara. Okay. That's fine. I'll you know that. what? We're throwing Sahara man. Right now. I'll tell you what. Off topic. Sahara. So there's a movie theater in my hometown of Collinsville, and it went out of business. But after it went out of business, they didn't change like any of the stuff on the storefront. So Sahara was coming soon for years. <laughs> years. They just left that poster in the main marquee outside. And uh, it's like a veterans hall today or something like that. But it was, I just remember laughing, thinking, I wonder if Sahara was any good. Yeah. I'll never know. Wow. Okay. No, We've stalled uh, long enough. What are yeah, our guesses? Let's, let's hit it. Um, I'm going to say it's a 3.6. I'm going to say 3.4. 3. <laughs> 3.7. Oh, me. It's just going to throw them all in there. At the same I know. Time. I didn't want mine to get taken. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm it's your winner. turn, Andrew. So, oh, it's my turn? No, no, no. Yeah. You just guess. Just, just guess. It's your turn to uh, guess. Okay. I'm still running it. It's fine. Um, 4.0. Woo! Ooh, that's a high guess. That's a high guess. <laughs> Actually, oh my no, 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 god! No, 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 Hang no, no, on. No. So, hey, quick, you quick, your hand quick correction. Chest piece. Has anybody said three point eight? No, no. I will say that. All right, now okay, there we, you go. We got a three point six, a Seven, three point yeah. four, a three point Seven. Seven and a three mm-hmm. point. If it is a 3.5 and we have to do a tiebreaker between Josh and I, we'll just do the Mummy Returns, I think. Okay, well, um, 
It is, in fact, a 3.5. So oh we will God. need a tiebreaker. Do you want to do the memory returns? Or you want to do the Scorpion King? Uh, you know, either way is fine because I, I will be pulling it out of thin air. <laughs> there so, you go. Um, I guess let's do the Mummy Return. Wait, no. Yes, Mummy Returns. Why not? Okay. 3.5 for the first one. I'm going to say even 3.0 for, for a second one. Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like that's a good guess. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go lower though, and go with a, a two point six. Okay, I think, I think. Um, okay, mommy returns. Loading now. <laughs> ah, it's David. You win. It, it's a two point nine. Ah, oh, it's close. It's so close. You I'm were, only you myself one point though. That's true. That's true. Wow. Wow. That was exciting. A real thriller. You never know what you're going to get on the letterbox game here on so many secrets. You don't, especially when a tiebreaker gets thrown in there. <laughs> All bets are off. Man. That was a movie that we we haven't even watched. We just guessing. Yep. You know, and we were pretty close. And we, yes, we were. We were. All right. What are our final ratings? Final, final thoughts and ratings on The Mummy this is a five-star movie for me. Dang, son. Can't Big be beat. from Andrew. I mean, it is Can't be beat. Five stars. Wow. Amazing. Stunning. This stunning. stunning five stars. I'm going to side with the Letterbox community. I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm going to give it a four stars. Okay. Four stars. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm also going to go with four stars. There you go. All right. That's pretty good praise from all of us, I think. It's like a 4.1 average. There you go. That was what Andrew was picturing. We're outpacing Letterboxd a little bit, but yeah, Andrew. We always do. No, we didn't last week. Well, that's true. (laughs) Well, we were way under on Bedazzled. Way under. (laughs) Um, very, Very sharp contrast. Well, that's The Mummy. We have mm-hmm. one more week of Brendan Fraser left where we will be covering a fan favorite pick um, collected from our social media. You can find us on all your favorite apps. Most likely we're there. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, you can find us individually on Letterboxd and you can find the show on Letterboxd. So many sequels. Uh, and of course, check out our Patreon. If you could subscribe to us there, if you really love us. Wink, wink. I, I'm not good at winking for the video audience. Um, go check that out. Um, if you sign up for Patreon, you get Discord access where you can hang out with us and some other cool people. And um, it's a good time. It's a good time for everybody. So that's it. One more week of Britain Fraser, then back to some regularly scheduled programming. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up after this month. So mm-hmm. don't you worry. We have plans. It'll be interesting. By the time these uh, release, we'll know whether or not Brendan uh, will know the nominations for the Academy Awards. That's true. That's very true. true. Very soon. Very soon. Okay. Well, we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.